Howdy, Ags. Welcome to Aggie Growth Hacks, the podcast sponsored by the McFair Center for Entrepreneurship at Texas A&M, where we help entrepreneurs improve their business, connect with other Aggie entrepreneurs, and support one another. I'm your host, Greg Martin, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 2001. And I'm your co-host, Chris Hunter, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 1998. Whoop. We got a little story for you, Ags. Dr. Christopher Taylor, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 07, is the CEO and founder of Taylor Counseling Group, a mental health company that is striving to take Texas from last to first in terms of mental health. So pass it back and listen up as Chris shares some good bull. Welcome back, Ags. We've got a super special episode for you today. Congratulations to Dr. Christopher Taylor, Aggie 100 winner and uh, CEO of Taylor Counseling Group. Thank you so much for joining us today, sir. Thank you for being willing to share your wisdom and allowing us to learn from you. Uh, thanks, Greg. Chris, I'm just excited to be here. I'm pretty sure we'll be at 100 on the list. So, uh, you know, we probably just made the cutoff, but we'll find out soon enough. So I'm excited. I'm pretty sure. I see. I'm betting that there will be a one in your number, but no zeros after it. So that's, I'm going to speak that in into existence for you. But uh, my goal will just be 99. If I get 99, I'll be happy. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, Chris, what do you miss most about no longer being a student at a and I mean, you've, you've built this amazing practice and you've got all this stress on you, but think back to your college days. What do you miss most about that time? I miss, when I got your questions, I just I immediately knew the answer. I miss being a very dumb fish. I was in the Corps Cadets and I miss having zero responsibility. I miss getting yelled at every day, being told what to wear be told where to go, <laughs> be told what I was eating for breakfast, which was powdered eggs, uh, whatever those, whatever those steak finger things were, which were not. Yes. Yes. Uh, do, do you, do you still remember the fourth fish answer? I'm a very dumb fish and I do not know, sir. So, yeah. Yeah. But there's a whole lot more of that, you know, sir, not being uh, inclined uh, to the uh, highest uh, degree of attitude. I, uh, I hesitate to articulate for fear. I may deviate from the true course of rectitude <laughs> in short, sir. I'm a very dumb fish. Do not know, sir. Golly, I haven't said that in 20 years. So Scott Lively, thank you for being a very strong piss head doing ingrain that into me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right. So, and, and by the way, that is a completely unique answer, right? Most people would not say that at all of, of, <laughs> Hey, you know, I miss being told what to do and what to wear and, and where to go and all that kind of stuff. So congrats to you. That like, don't tell my wife, but that was like the best year of my life. Like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, my son is uh, hopefully going to be there next year. So I'll, I'll let him know that that's going to be the best year of his life. So why don't you tell us a little bit, uh, Chris, about Taylor Counseling Group and, you know, really, how did you start that? Why did you start it? You know, give us a little bit of your entrepreneurial journey here. Sure. Um, so I love playing with Legos as a kid. I always love to build stuff. Um, uh, and that kind of got me into, in a very roundabout way, psychology uh, and the human mind and, and people in general, and I love working with people. Uh, so in grad school, uh, you know, it was very clear to me that I wanted to start a practice. That I wanted to build something. I didn't know quite what. Uh, my experience in the hospital system just kind of showed me how far away we are from where we need to be in quality of mental health care. And then also finding that my cohort, my colleagues hated the business side of it. You know, we have master's degrees and doctorates in people and helping not in numbers and business. So it can be a lot, you know, to work with people through emotional trauma and then go home and do your taxes, you know. It's balance your balance sheet. 
yeah, you know, what a PL is, all that stuff. I didn't mind it. It didn't bother me. So I kind of leaned into that. Um, and, and that led me to, to build Taylor Counseling Group, which is this unique idea. We like to call it, we like to refer to ourselves as the in and out burger of therapy. We just do one thing really well, which is we provide outpatient mental health uh, at a very affordable rate. So we see individuals that are single. We do couples that should double, double, and we do families that should triple, right? And that's the end of our service. You know, that's all we provide. We don't do med management. We don't provide psychiatric care. We don't do psychological services, evaluations, testing, any of those things. We work with people that are very good at that. We prefer out and we build a treatment team. Uh, so we focus on that, and that allows us to be very successful uh, in providing that one service. So Chris, how have you grown the business? Obviously as an Aggie 100 winner, your business has grown. Is is that just been by adding practitioners? Is it by expanding geographically? How have you chose to grow your practice? At both. Uh, so we we take the business out of therapy is kind of what we, we offer for our therapists is we treat them like rock stars. So they just have to show up do what they love, work with people, write their progress notes, and then go home. They don't file the insurance claims. They don't have to answer phone calls after you know they go home. They don't have to respond to emails. We take care of all that for them. We have an amazing back office staff, and they handle all that. So the therapists really love what they do because they don't have to deal with any of the other stuff. And then they get paid a salary, uh, regardless of how many clients they see. So it's not contingent on what you did that week. It's just you showing up, doing what you love and, and getting paid well for it. So that has allowed us to kind of grow in a very stable way. And then in 2015 is when we started. In 2017, we adopted uh, the EOS model uh, mm-hmm. by Jim Wickman. I don't know if you guys are familiar with traffic. There it is. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we, that just like poured gasoline on a good idea um, is what happened. And we started growing at 120, 130% a year. Wow. That's awesome. So what made you decide to just do the one service in, in all that? Uh, it's what I'm good at. <laughs> I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I think those guys are great. And I think they do great work. Uh, I just wanted to do this one thing. I wanted to fix this one problem. That was it. Did you start out doing that or did that evolve along the way? Uh, no, that's what we started doing. Okay. Um, yeah, our, our mental health is not fractured, but we have like licensure, right? And insurance companies treat psychologists, psychiatrists, and, and mental health professionals like myself, licensed professional counselors a little, a little differently as far as rates and services that we provide. Uh, and I just didn't want to get into the evaluation space. I wanted to spend my time and energy directly with people uh, investing in human capital, which is one of our five core values. So let, let's dig into that. We love learning about core values because I think that has been a consistent theme. What do you think, Chris, during season five, where we've had over oh, yeah. and over again that your values drive your mm-hmm. success? So Chris, what are your core values? How did you come up with them? Was it just you? Was it input from your staff and team? How'd you all do that? Uh, Yeah, so Taylor Counseling Group in 2016 was very small. So I was the leadership team. Um, So it was just me. I read, uh, I was on a fly fishing trip with my CPA, uh, Brett Mills, who's a friend of mine. Uh, And he's like, dude, if you you want to get serious about your business, you need to read this book. And he starts using silly phrases like you have to delegate to elevate. And I'm like, man, that's a little too cool for me. Okay. <laughs> I don't like stuff that rhymes. Uh, but he was like, no, seriously, <laughs> read this book. And I was like, all right, if you're telling me seriously, I'll do it seriously. So I give it a go. So I buy it on Amazon. I read it on Friday. I sit down, I start reading on Friday and I can't put it down. You know, I'm just like, this book is amazing. 
this is exactly what we need. Saturday, I read it again. Sunday, I do the BTL, right? Business Traction Organizer, plan out my five core values, which have just kind of been in me developing over time anyways. And then just, just help me to put it on paper. Uh, so, you know, we have affordable care as our primary top core value, which we believe that therapy should be affordable. Uh, if you think about the market rate right now for outpatient mental health care, so just go to see a therapist to talk about anxiety or depression, right? It's about $150 an hour. Okay. Now you're going to go see somebody once a week for a month. That's $600 a month. That is the cost of leasing a brand new Audi A6. Now that is a premium German luxury car. Are we communicating to America, to Texas, that that therapy is a luxury good? That's what we're saying. And it's not. It should be for everybody. It's a commodity. It's like water or power. It, it should be accessible by everybody. And so that's why we take all major insurances and work as hard as we can to make it as affordable as we can. Until just now, just this month, our private pay rate was $90 an hour. We just raised it for the first time in seven years to $100 an hour, which is still well below market. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's affordable care. And we have community support because we know that making it affordable is not enough, that we have to build a community and we have to establish support in that community. And our values go both ways. They're for our clients, but they're also for us as a company and how we treat uh, our communities around us. And so we want to invest in those communities. And then we have other things like collaborative care, which is very important. So that's where we build that treatment team. We work with other people that are better at what they do. Uh, so we don't have to try to go and figure that out. We just say, hey, you guys are really great at IOP or SOP or psychiatry. Let's just work with you so we don't have to you know, bang our heads against the wall and try to figure it out. You know, you guys already did it. Let's do it. You know, In-N-Out Burger isn't trying to come up with a great chicken sandwich. They're just like, guys, if you want chicken, like go to Chick-fil-A, you know, if you want a burger, come here. And that's how we approach it. Right? And then we get down to the bottom, which is human capital. And this was the subject of my dissertation when I was in my doctoral program, which is that if we invest heavily in our people, in our employees, in our therapists, because we are employee first, not client first. Uh, uh, when we invest in them, they show up, they do their best work. Now, imagine if your therapist is tired and overwhelmed, are you going to get the best session ever? Probably not. Imagine if they're refreshed and happy that they love what they do. You're going to get the best care possible. And then what happens? You go home and you feel good. So what happens? Your family, your friends, your work, they improve because, because one company decided to invest in a therapist. And so that's what we believe in. So I want to dig in on that real quick. You said invest in your therapist. How do you invest in your therapist? Like, can you give us an example? So what we do that's different than most of our field is, you know, our therapists are not 1099, right? They're W-2 salary. They make that salary regardless. So we invest in them in that way. Uh, but we also invest in them with PTO, with, with benefits, health insurance, other things that other counseling groups don't do or that are novel to our field, right? Uh, and then we invest in the way of culture. We invest in you know, fun stuff, Taco Tuesdays, you know, all that stuff, happy hours, Christmas parties, company picnics. Uh, and then one of the things we did this year was, you know, we have our five core values. And so we allowed every therapist to pick their favorite value and we we minted pins for them to wear so they can kind of wear those values everywhere nice. they go. And then we invest and then we pay for everything, all the licensing fees required, education, uh, so they can become better in their field. 
Uh, I don't know why, but they really want bookshelves. So we, we buy bookshelves for them. We have more couches than a rooms to go. That's not a joke. That's <laughs> <laughs> our backup plan is Taylor Couch Group, by the way. Uh, so we, we invest in them in those ways. And then with education and then with training and then with certification. And the longer they're with us, the more, the more they are, are rewarded. That is so cool. So can you talk a little bit about the accessibility? Like not only where are y'all geographically located? Is, is it just here in Texas? But then how are you using the advantages of technology to help people around you? Well, that's a great question. Good. Thanks. Um, so I'm really glad you brought up the, the topic of accessibility because Mental Health for America just released their report again this year. And again, Texas has ranked last out of the entire country for access. Really? To healthcare. Yes, this, wow. this is a common theme for us. Wow. We do not invest in the infrastructure for mental health care in the state the way that we need to. And so so Taylor Counseling Group has adopted as its personal mission to elevate the state from last in mental health care to first. And we're going to do that by doing what we do well, which is just provide affordable, reliable, accessible outpatient mental health care. That's, that's how we're going to do our part of it. So in order to do that, our big, hairy, audacious goal, which we'll get to at some point, is 30 offices uh, throughout the state. We believe 300 therapists will be able to offer uh, that level of support. So right now we're in DFW. We have five here in DFW, including Waxahachie. And then we have one office in Waco, one outside of Austin in Cedar Park. We have two in San Antonio and three in Houston. Wow. Wow. That is a lot to keep up with. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of real estate in Aggie land. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you can probably twist someone's arm to come back home. You know, <laughs> That's right. you know what's really funny is um, I, I have a really weird family history, but my great uncle uh, was a psychologist. He graduated from A&M. He was estranged from our family. I didn't know he existed uh, until I got to A&M. And then like somebody told my grandmother that I was at Texas A&M University. And she was like, isn't JD over there? And everyone's like, who's JD? And then it comes out like, <laughs> what? Like, yeah, this guy, my great uncle, he's the same age as my dad. And so I meet him my fish year at A&M for the first time ever. Didn't know he existed. Uh, yeah. So he had a practice there for a while. That is so crazy. So I want to dig in a little bit on EOS because this is the yeah. one theme that we have heard over and over and over again with successful Aggie entrepreneurs is that they've implemented EOS. So can you tell us, and, and it sounded like you said that, that you started implementing it when it was just you. Is that correct? So yeah. what was your biggest challenge then on implementing EOS? Because there's a lot of Aggies listening to this right now that have not implemented that, that can stand. I'm a huge EOS, you know, advocate. Uh, we've implemented ourselves, but I want to dig into that. What was your biggest challenge with implementing that and getting to where you are now? Uh, what I realized reading the book for the first time was that a lot of it was not, I just wasn't ready for it. Uh, large, large chunks of it. Like I don't have a team. So having a 90 minute meeting uh, with mm -hmm. myself, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> uh, what are operations? What are we doing? We're like, we're all good. You know? Uh, so, uh, you know, that stuff didn't apply to me. So, but I wanted, I love the idea of it. So I wanted to do it. So I just decided to self-implement and I didn't have an integrator at the time. We have an integrator now, but mm -hmm. so I was visionary integrator, implementer, you know, all, all that fun stuff all at once. Mm -hmm. So uh, 
you know, there's a lot going on. But I wanted to take the core of it because I felt like that really applied to us. And then, you know, also we're in a service field. All my other employees were therapists at the time. There was only like about a dozen of us. So I just wanted to take those core parts of it. And I think that holds probably a lot of people back and a lot of people in my Vistage group as well that are like, I want to do this, but I don't know how to do it. Is you read this book and you're like, oh, my God, I got to do all this stuff. I got to do all this stuff. And then I got to go hire this implementer. And he's like $16,000 an hour or something, you know? Uh, <laughs> and, you know, that's a lot. It's so much. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just want to encourage other entrepreneurs listening to, you don't have to do it all at once. You know, we, yeah. we brought in the 90 minute meeting when we were ready to have an executive team. You know, we brought in, the, we're still building out dashboards today because some of, some of it just doesn't apply to us. So right people, right seats for us doesn't really make sense because in our executive level, it makes a lot of sense. But in our, in our work level, you know, our service providers are our licensed mental health professionals. So it's like they have to be, they are absolutely the right people. Maybe yeah. they're on the wrong bus, right? They might be on the yeah. wrong bus, but they're absolutely the right people. They went to school. They got a license for this, you know? So I think that's my biggest encouragement is you can implement it now. You can put together the VTO. You can build the core values, which I think is the most important part. Because uh, that's your compass in the storm, right? That's how you know you're going in the right direction when stuff gets bad. And we have used our core values for every major decision we have made in the past few years. We get our executive team together. We say, what's the problem? And then we apply our values to it. And we say, if we do this, will we be honoring our values or will we not be honoring our values? Like when we raised our rate, uh, $10, our private pay rate, $10, we had a big question of, is this affordable? And the conclusion was, yeah, our, our goal is not cheap therapy. It's affordable therapy. So we felt like this price was, yeah. was still affordable. Yeah. So, yeah. That is so awesome that, that those are your guiding stars. And, and that yeah. is, that's what you drive. So I, I'm curious because I think there's a really unique setup, how you have formed your company, the, the doctors, the, the practitioners, some of them may just be like, you know what? I love practicing and that's all I want to do. I want to be a W2. I want to focus on that. I love that value proposition that you give. But a lot of people in that world have an entrepreneurial spirit and maybe want to be everything from ownership group or maybe even on the leadership team. How do you communicate that they have the ability to, to grow, to pull them into it, and then maybe even assess, hey, you're, you're not the right person in the right seat from a leadership perspective? Yeah, uh, we had to go through that recently when we built out the leadership team and then our clinical director decided to go on maternity leave like right after she became clinical director. So uh, wow. we were like, congratulations. Flexibility. We're very, yeah. we're very happy for that. Uh, and now we have to go find another clinical director. So I watched my cousin get a job as an assistant uh, delivery driver for UPS uh, one Christmas break. And he went from that to a regional distribution manager. Like he ran one of the major distribution centers in Northeast Florida, uh, which is a huge hub for UPS. And he did that without a college degree, you know, and that was really inspiring to me. And I love that model that UPS adopted of saying like, Hey, work your tail off with us delivering packages. And this is where you could get to. Uh, and so I, I really wanted to bring that in to Taylor Counseling Group as well. So every single person on our leadership team started at the bottom, you know, they all started working in support staff or, or as a new licensed therapist, as an associate, uh, one of those things, right? And then we allow them to build up. And there absolutely is room as we continue to grow. We will need more 
you know, we'll need more assistant clinical directors. We'll need more regional managers. You know, we'll need those positions. And so they they know that they have that option. And and if we continue our rate of growth, we'll need a lot of it. So. Yeah, no kidding. That's a great problem to have. <laughs> that is. It is. It is. So. Let me ask real quick on, you know, you had mentioned earlier that you, when you first started all of this, and even when you first started having your uh, level 10 meetings and, and started implementing it slowly and by uh, surely, you said that you didn't have an implementer. So at what point did you go out and find that implementer? Did it get to a certain level, like to where you're like, I can't, we're doing this, but we're kind of not a hundred percent or something like that. Uh, we're still self-implementing. I, I have not gotten okay. it. Uh, we, okay. we, will, we will do that at some point for sure. Uh, I just don't think we're, we're there yet. Okay. Awesome. There, there's definitely some amazing ones out there. Um, yeah. I think that both Chris and I, you know, a, a friend of Aggie Growth Hacks and a dear friend of all entrepreneurs here in Aggie land, Randy McDougal is an yeah. integrator and so awesome that you kind of do that. So yeah, and I want to be very kind to the implementers at all. I don't want to cheapen what they do. I think what they do is amazing. I think it's great work. It, it is expensive, but it's worth every penny I've seen. I've seen colleagues of mine. Uh, you know, in my Vistage group, you know, bring in implementers and have transformed their businesses. So I, I think it's an amazing thing. I just think for where we are right now, we're just not ready for it. Definitely is a true investment in yes. into you and your company. So you hit on it a little bit, but can you expand upon your BHAG, your, your big, hairy, audacious goal and how only that that goes beyond the, the number of locations that you have, the impact that you have on our communities? Yeah, I'm just going to be direct. I'm fed up with the fact that Texas is constantly last over and over again with access to mental health care. It, just, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. We, we should be a leader in other states. Uh, you know, I was very fortunate that the governor asked me to be on our licensing board at both the behavioral executive council level, which we helped develop and build. Uh, we're the first state of all states, all 50 states, to have a unified licensing body for mental health care uh, uh, where wow. we have psychology, uh, professional counseling, marriage and family therapy, and uh, social workers all under one roof. We're the first state to do that. We're starting to see other states wanting to develop that as well. What Texas does, other states start to follow. You know, we have the largest mental health population in the country of 70,000 mental health licensures, right? Licensees, right? Uh, in various forms. So psych nurses, psychologists, uh, all the above, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we have 70,000. Now, we are the largest. With us, Florida, California, New York, that's half the country. That's half the country's mental health workforce. Wow. Think about it. If wow. we do one thing, one thing. And then Florida does it, and then California does it, and then New York does it. That's half the problem solved. Half. Half the problem. So that's all we need to do. We just need a few dominoes to fall, and then everything else starts to change for the better. We are speeding. I'm not a doomsayer, but we are speeding into a mental health crisis in this country. I think it's going to hit sometime around 25. We do not have enough people in school to keep up with the demand for therapy that's on our system today. It will, it'll be a decade. It'll be a decade before we have enough mental health professionals to keep up for the demand for mental health care in this country. And why is that? Well, it just takes a long time. You have to go to school. <laughs> you got to have, have an undergrad, you got to have a master's degree, and then you got to get your associates. So you're looking at seven years before you can come do, where you can be a mental health professional at the lowest level, really. Uh, you know, more if you want to be a psychologist or psychiatrist. And then the reward is not really there. Uh, the, the financial salaries, the reimbursement levels are, are too low. 
for a master's degree for like, if I'm going to get a master's degree in something, when I go get an MBA. But on the flip side of that, I think that our society is also bringing more awareness to, Hey, this is a problem. You know, don't suck it up and drive on. Obviously when I think about mental health, I go back to my military days and the impacts of being deployed and how some of my brothers and sisters struggled with some really tough things, whether it be PTSD or or on that entire spectrum. I distinctly remember when the army started to acknowledge, hey, this is a real problem. We're not going to tell the soldiers, you know, take a knee, face out, rub a little dirt on it. You'll be fine. Suck it up, you sissy. Is really, this is a problem. And then made it okay for people to start seeking professional help that, that you provide. And so it's not only that we have a, a lack of, of people to provide that help, we as a society are saying, no, you need to be a better person, a holistic person, go seek help. And that's being encouraged more. Uh, it is. And we, we just finished a $100,000 campaign with Okay to Say, where we donated a dollar of every session for our last 100,000 sessions for this program that promotes the fact that it is okay to say that you're not okay. That happened just last week on Wednesday at 9 a.m. Uh, or we didn't, we didn't like do balloons or anything because, you know, it's mental health care, so we didn't want to like upset anybody. But, you know, the session, <laughs> uh, 100,000 happened and uh, a dollar of that session was donated. Uh, and so, you know, we completed that goal to bring awareness Uh, We love seeing other people talk about it. I love seeing people like Mark Cuban talk about it. I love seeing professionals, uh, athletes, you know, talk about it and say, hey, I've had problems too. Hey, my life isn't perfect because we are putting a lot of pressure on our youth. We are forcing, you know, I think high school sophomores now to choose which school they're going to and to learn two foreign languages plus uh, play the violin. And that's probably still not enough to get into school to, to, to make huge life choices. So we are, we are adding a lot of stress and, and I'm, I'm happy to see these people starting to talk about that more. It's awesome. Love it. All right. We're going to take a pause real quick here for a quick message from our sponsor. And we are now heading into our lightning round. The rules here are simple. Uh, You have one minute or less to answer each question. Ready, Chris? Let's do it. Awesome. All right. Number one, what is your favorite hack? This can be personal. It can be business. Anything goes here because we are Aggie Growth Hacks. Can I do two? Uh, Using my Aggie ring to open a beer bottle. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Good hack. (laughs) The second one, the second one, I, I spent all that money to, to get this beer over there, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And is that personal or business? Which one is that? <laughs> Go personal. Uh, business is uh, Inbox Zero. I read this weird article oh, yeah. from, from mm-hmm. some professor, I think Harvard or something, that was like, always keep your inbox at zero. And I was like, hey, that sounds like a great idea. And I saw I've been doing that ever since. Yes. Chris, what is your favorite bit of advice? And we'll give you uh, 2007 bonus points if you can tell us how you applied it. Uh, Master Sergeant Robert Doty, U.S. Air Force retired, was my junior ROTC instructor in high school. He told me to invest in myself. Mm-hmm. I've been doing that ever since through student loans, quite literally. <laughs> <laughs> and any other thing I can borrow to, to grow our business and uh, invest in me. And invest in your employees, too, sounds like. So that's a great Damn, bit of so. advice. All right, Chris, what is your superpower? Uh, I can catch a flight. Uh, this is not a joke. I made it from my house in Richardson to Love Field in 33 minutes once. 
Uh, I don't know how I did it. And that was on the like, Was that like like a five o'clock in the morning flight? So no one was on the road? No, it was like, uh, it was one of those weird holidays, like Columbus Day or something. Um, and so normally the flight's at 10, but I guess they moved it to 1030 or they moved it up to like 930 or something. I literally like went from like, I woke up freaking out because I got like an alert on my phone that we're boarding in like 15 minutes. And I was like, oh my God. And so and I was going to Houston to teach a class at, at uh, Dallas Seminary. And, and so I just had no idea what was going on. Anyway, so I just hopped in my car, 33 minutes uh, to get from my front door to board the airplane that's through security, everything. I don't wow. Know. It, was, wow. it was a miracle. That is a good superpower to have. Probably a little bit stressful, but that's a good one. What gets you out of bed and excited about your business? Uh, about my business, uh, mental health, man. We get to help people. We get to meet people in their darkest days and then leave them in their brightest moments. It is so cool. Love it. Well, how can the Aggie Network get in touch with you and support you? and your business. Uh, you can find me on our website, taylorcounselinggroup.com. You can also find us on all of our social handles, uh, which I'm sure will be in the show notes because I don't know what they are. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm not a big social media person. I apologize. Uh, but yeah, just uh, uh, taylorcounselinggroup.com. You can find me there. If you want to email me, it's just chris at taylorcounselinggroup.com. That's fine. Uh, I'd be happy to do that. Well, Chris, we talked a little bit um, before it started about not only your business, but a couple of things, a couple of boards that you sit on and so, some apps that you have actually developed. And, and I think that those are so important and is so impactful. Before we leave, can you can you talk a little bit uh, about the app that you just launched and then um, the Grant Halliburton Foundation? Yeah. And then if I can add a third thing, I, I would like to do that as well. If that's okay, Greg. Yeah. Uh, so we just launched uh, an app uh, called Empiphany. You can find it at empiphany.com, uh, E-M-P-I-F-A-N-Y.com. It is a new preventative mental health care app. It's very unique. It's bite-sized sessions, 10 minutes a piece that bring in meditative, uh, narrative, psychoeducation, and reflective feelings through a very intensive emotional experience that you go through through a, uh, an immersive like a mini therapy session almost. It's pre-recorded, they're written by professional therapists on very specific emotionally focused topics. Uh, so if you'd like to learn more about that, mm. if you are a therapist, we'd love for you to come write for us uh, and, and write a course for us. Uh, if you uh, think it might be helpful for you or a friend, it's just $4.99 a month uh, and you can get it for two weeks for free right now if you download it through the Apple App Store uh, or Google Play Store. Uh, I've also, uh, was very fortunate this year to be, um, asked to join the board of directors for Grant Halliburton foundation. You can learn more about them at grantHalliburton.com or just Google Grant Halliburton foundation it is not associated with Halliburton. Um, it's a totally different family. Uh, but, uh, uh Grant Halliburton did die by suicide, uh, several years back, uh, and the foundation, uh, is led by his family and survivors of that event to end teen suicide that's the goal mm -hmm. is stop teen suicide which i think if we could just stop people from killing themselves we'd be in a lot better place so that is a wonderful foundation if you ever feel moved to give or just want to support uh or reach out for help because you are struggling with that as well uh the grant halbert foundation has a lot of wonderful tools including here for texas which will help you get connected uh, with mental health care and then the third thing, if I can add, is I, uh, US Life, I read that book. It came out. I did the one month sabbatical. Yes. Yep. I did the one month sabbatical. I did a whole 30 days without any contact with my company this year. No email. Wow. wow. Congratulations. In. Yeah. It was transformative. I wrote an essay about it. I'd be happy to give it to you guys if you want to share it. Yeah. Uh, 
I, it is like now my personal mission to uh, encourage every single business owner on this planet to do this at least once in your life. It is the most amazing experience ever. What was what, that? What did you What did you do? I mean, during that time frame, what, what, where were you at? Uh, Maine for three weeks. We Bar Harbor. We we did this whole tour of the Northeast. So we did uh, Bar Harbor, uh, Augusta, and Togus Pond, and then we went down to Portland, Cape Elizabeth, and then we took the Down Easter train to Boston, which my kids loved. And then we came back here for a week, uh, and then I went up to the cabin. I, we have a cabin in Brooklyn, but I went up to the cabin and fly fished uh, by myself. Wow, uh, about a week. Yeah, super cool. Oh, that that was so cool. And I'll bet that your team. I mean, that not only felt empowered, but is like, yes, we, we can do this. We are all working together and we don't need Chris here, you know, hold yeah. us together. We got it. They loved it. They loved it. We had a, we had a final meeting the day before, uh, you know, I was already in Maine and I was like, okay, this is the day. Is everybody ready? And they were like, dude, just go like, go <laughs> leave already. <laughs> no, but it was crazy. Like, like I, I realized I'm a workaholic and, I, and I'm like now in recovery, but like, I was just so dialed into work. Like all the time is so unhealthy. I, since I was 15, I've been working. I remember my grandmother being upset because I went to Blockbuster on Thanksgiving for work, you know, <laughs> uh, I've like worked my entire, since I was 15, I've always had a job. I've always worked hard. And this was the first time in my life since I was 15 years old that I didn't have a job. It was weird. It was crazy. Wow. It was amazing. So what was your big takeaway from it? You said it's completely transformative. What are your, you know, how did that transform you then? That the universe continues without me. Nice. Like that my company will continue to function. I have no excuse now to not take a day off. I have no excuse now to leave my phone away from me when we go to the zoo. I have no excuse to take a long weekend and not feel bad about it because my company ran for 30 days without a single interaction with me. I didn't check a single email. I didn't call anybody. I didn't check in on anything. And you know what? The bank account didn't get drained by our CFO. He didn't run off. You know, there were no fires. There was no, I mean, there were, there were issues that occurred, but my team handled everything extremely well. Wow. So cool. I love that. And, and, and I just got uh, EOS life a little while ago and I'm starting to start to dig into that tremendous book anything that gino wickman writes yeah. um anything i think gino wick mike bacall is right i'm, I'm down for so uh chris thank you so much for sharing your wisdom not only during the interview but a little bit of that you know af after the lightning round bonus but seriously thank you for your willingness to come on and share thank you for uh, allowing aggies to reach out to you and connect with you Congratulations again on your Aggie 100 win. Um, we can't wait to see you in a couple of weeks to celebrate and party with you on that and uh, look forward to, to helping, encouraging and lifting y'all up. Awesome, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate you. And uh, I guess I'll see you soon. Well, how about that, Ags? Was that pretty awesome or what? I know that I took a lot away from that interview with Chris Taylor. What was your biggest takeaways there, Greg? Well, he really talked a lot about his practice and not only how they've grown, but how they decided to grow. You know, I've worked with a couple mental health companies in the past and what I've seen a lot of them do is that they grow just by adding different disciplines within the practice to be that that one-stop shop, that Walmart of, of mental health. And 
Chris and his team said, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to be the in and out burger of mm-hmm. mental health. We're going to do what we do better than anybody else. It's going to be affordable and it's going to be meaningful, impactful. It's going to be good, but we're going to stay focused on that and realizing that there are people that they serve that may need support from other experts within the mental health field. But hey, we're going to just work with professionals that do that really well so that we can do what we do really well. And I think it's that that mentality of saying we're going to provide that that support that is really going to help them achieve their goal from pulling Texas out of the bottom of the barrel from the terms of mental health in the state of Texas and, and around the, the U.S. So I loved how he just uniquely focused on that. And obviously it's successful because they're an Aggie 100 winner, you know, and they're just rocking and rolling. What about you, Chris? What did you take away? So I actually have a couple of takeaways. The first one is, you know, investing in people was a big thing with him. And, and we kind uh-huh. of dug into that. I think that's so awesome and, and so needed. If you're trying to grow a company made of people, which most companies are, to give them that personal time off, to give them the right benefits that they deserve, to give them the pay that they deserve, and, and, and all those kinds of things. And I think that is so important. And, and then the other part was investing in himself, you know, and I'm a huge, huge believer of that with, you know, I mean, yeah. I read tons and tons of books. I literally have three books sitting on my desk right now, you know. Um, but, uh, I'm, I'm constantly reading, I'm constantly learning, I'm constantly trying to grow. And I think that, you know, that's what his attitude was and really his mentality of growing his company is it's got to start first with the entrepreneur, right? The other one was at the very end there where we dug in and he said that he took a month off, a month off completely, crazy, completely no texts, no phone calls from work, no emails, nothing. He was just awesome. I first heard about that with that Bill Gates used to take that uh, uh, one month sabbatical, right? Every year around his birthday, he would always take that. And I think he probably still does. It's a way to unplug and really it focuses your mind. And I'm, I'm so jealous of that. And I, one of these days, if I have ever done that, by the way, I've definitely uh, become a super successful Aggie entrepreneur myself. So I'm jealous <laughs> of that. And, and and that's what I aspire to do right there is to take that one month back. I wonder what he was thinking as he came back, being gone for a month and no. then having that inbox zero hack. Yes. You know, so, right. so how many, how many emails did he get that needed to be cleared out? <laughs> well, well, I'm, I'm guessing that he probably had someone managing his inbox for him. That's, that's the next level right there. That's something that easily put in place a bit, but something that needed to be solved. So, yeah. Well, AgsX is going to do it for this episode of Aggie Growth Hacks. We hope that you enjoy learning a little bit more about Dr. Taylor's practice and how he and his team are really making life changes in so many Texans today. If you're not connected to him, I hope that you reach out and connect with him and his team on all the social media. If you're not connected to Aggie Growth Hacks, please connect with Aggie Growth Hacks. Like, subscribe this episode, wherever podcast app that you're listening to. And if you're not connected to Chris and I, make sure that you do that. We'd love to get to know you and understand and learn about your company. We want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor, the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship at Texas A&M University. Since 1999, the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship has served as the hub of entrepreneurship at Texas A&M. If you're an Aggie entrepreneur or even a entrepreneur, head on over to their website now to find a program that's right for you. Just go to aggiegrowthhacks.com forward slash McFerrin. 
Well, join us next time when we connect with another great Aggie entrepreneur and learn how they hack their growth. Until then, I'm Chris Hunter. And I'm Greg Martin. Thanks and gig them.